Rise on your feet. Let's pray. Rise on your feet. Let's pray. Be on your feet. Lift up your two hands. Lift up your two hands. And say with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus. I came to have an encounter with you. Let the entrance of your word. Bring me understanding. And bring me light. Say, Lord Jesus. I am ready. For a prophetic revelation. From your word. In Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so we'll be looking at Marriage 360 and it's been a very fantastic journey that I have truly enjoyed. What a journey we have had so far. Last week, I started talking on a very strange message. It's called Manage, the Anatomy of a Good Husband. Today, I'm doing part two of it. If I don't finish, we'll do part three next week. Just follow, just follow as the spirit of the Lord leads us. But why is manage the title of a marriage series? I explained last week that every successful company you see, they are successful because they are well managed. Not only because they have prayer warriors, but it's because they are what? Well managed. There are morning devotions in my office every morning. Whilst the morning devotion is the foundation of our success, management is the root of our success. Well managed. Every, every institution that is successful every bank that is successful is as a result of proper management i said last week the most subscribed to programs in business schools or in universities are management programs because people see the importance of management a successful marriage is a well-managed marriage but the word manage is two words put together. Can we move to the slide that has it? It's two words put together. Last week I explained it's man and age. So manage teaches us something about who a man is. A man is not a, a male who is 18 years but a man is someone who has come to that age where he can properly manage a real man is a manager man age man age so when you have come to that place where you are in a, on a man's age or you are in a man's age you manage your life very well. And I'm discussing the 12 things every man manages well. And this will reveal to you whether your husband is a boy or a man. Or your boyfriend is a boy or a man. Last week, 
the first thing we studied was that a man knows how to manage his past and I said to you that life is a journey it's a journey forward not a journey backwards you want to marry a man who is going into the future not who is still dealing with his past you haven't come into a man's life to be part of his past but to be part of his future so let a, a true man will answer his past mistakes with a great future i also said true men know how to manage their pride i said the african culture has made men to have superior 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 superiority complex over women so they enter into marriages demanding respect i shared with you the six areas you must earn respect if you don't have respect in those six areas you cannot demand respect from your wife if you are not here go and look for the listing then the third one is that they know how to manage their princesses because a man's wife is supposed to be his princess they honor them a true man honors the wife and values the wife more than anything more than anything in my life jesus comes first mommy comes second before my ministry i cannot i cannot pastor a church if i don't honor my wife Because I am Christ in the marriage And mommy is the church in the marriage According to the Bible And I must show Christ-like character And love her the same way Christ loves the church Then number four I said real men know how to manage their problems Life is full of problems And men were created to solve them we see a man blaming people for their problems if we see a man expecting people to solve their problems for them and if the problems are not solved they feel offended they feel bitter those are not men they are boys now today i want to look at five six well let's see whether that we can finish um, the rest if not we'll continue next week but the fifth thing every man manages well is that every man manages their prosperity well. Proverbs 10 verse 15. The wealth of the rich is their fortress. The poverty of the poor is their distraction. Poverty is a distraction. And can destroy your marriage can destroy your dream can destroy a lot of things in your life but to be able to deal with poverty you must be you must learn how to create wealth money is a living thing 
Every living thing grows small by small, little by little. A man who has the capacity to turn one city to ten cities and ten cities to hundred cities and hundred cities to thousand cities is the man that has a future. A man who is patient enough and has a plan where you see a man with a financial plan and there is a track record. There's a track record that this man truly has come from nowhere to where he has gotten to and he is on his way to his place of abundance. Then that is the man you can trust and marry. Not a man who meets you and tells you that I used to own a house, but I sold it. I used to have cars, but they are all gone. But I'm believing God that God will restore me. A man who cannot manage finances, cannot manage a home, is a boy. Your financial behavior either reveals the boy in you or the man in you. The worst thing that can ever happen to any woman is to marry a man who walks you into financial adversity. Some women's lives have been messed up, messed up by boys in men's body. Let me quickly. Now, let me let's, Everybody goes through two major seasons in finances. Your fat season and your lean seasons. Your fat season is where God blesses you financially. Everything you touch is gold. Everywhere you touch, everything you touch is gold. By in Egypt, when, when they had their fat season, there was a 30-year-old boy, a foreigner, who developed a plan and said to Pharaoh, we are going to have seven years of abundance, but there will be seven years of famine coming. We do not have to spend all the uh, abundance of the first seven years. We have to learn how to spread it across. Any man who does not think generationally in finances is a boy. A man who does not think that the money I have today is not for me, it's for my children and my children's children. And therefore, if I have not built a house or I don't have a land, I must not live in a luxury to impress anybody. I've said it here. If the car you drive is more expensive than the house you rent, you are a boy, not a man. Are you here with me? You must have a financial plan. Listen, all those boys who get money today and chop it by faith. Oh, God will supply tomorrow. If God gave us this, you will supply tomorrow. And then they 
chop the money, misuse the money, and now believe God for the next money that is going to come through, it's not a man, he's a boy. Let me bore you again with my testimony. I said, I built a university with a 500 Ghana cities. Because I am a generational thinker. A good man lives inheritance. Not only to his children, but to his children's children. I want my grandchildren, when they are born, to have houses waiting for them. That they own lands and their own properties. I want them to have it. That determines my financial behavior today. I just made a decision that I'm not traveling again in business class. But a group of friends, one time said, Charlie, now we have our own business class. Let's go to first class. I said to them, I'm actually going back to economic class. They said, why? I said, I'm thinking generationally. If the plane crashes, all of us will die. Business class, economic class, everybody will die. If, if, if we will all learn the same, we will all go through everything the same. <laughs> are, you, are you here with me? If you fail to plan for your future finances, you are a boy. I will not have the time. It's a script service. This is one I've preached this separately. So, so if you look for it, the financial behaviors that determine whether you are a boy or a man. A man who spends more than he earns is a boy. The lifestyle you cannot finance, you don't deserve. Keep that at the back of your mind. If I cannot comfortably finance a Benz car, I will not buy it. If I cannot find comfortably finance the children, the, the, the children, the school fees of my children. I will not put them in a school that will put a burden on me. That is what men do. Kevin in his primary school went to more than five schools. Anytime school fees increases and I cannot afford, I change him. And I was not changing him to higher schools. I was changing him to lower schools. But eventually, I was able to sponsor him to study abroad. Keep this at the back of your mind. Don't forget it. I can't go through all those behaviors with you. But number six, the system a real man manages is that men manage their priorities. First Chronicles 12 and the verse 32. From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Boys are time wasters. Look at how long the guy you are going to marry, how long he spends behind TV, how long he spends 
with friends arguing over football if a man does not commit his time to the pursuit of his purpose that man will mess up your life if he marries you now let me hear this anytime you commit eight hours a day to the pursuit of your purpose you will you will automatically become successful eight years later Mark it anywhere, write it anywhere. It's called the Tattoo of Air Principles for Financial Abundance. Commit eight hours a day, every day. Eight hours a day, every day. When I drew up my poverty exit plan, I committed 12 hours a day to my purpose. And in seven years, I got out of poverty. You don't get out of poverty praying and fasting. It's not in the Bible, it's not biblical. It's not biblical to pray and fast to get out of poverty. The biblical principles for financial abundance is not fasting and prayer. For me, the real reason why we fast and pray is to humble our soul before God and have an encounter with God and grow in the spirit. Are you here? And grow in the spirit. And get to know him more and more and more and more. I'm fasting and praying for money. It is not in the Bible. You can't find it in the Bible. If we meet all these men. Who are saying I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting God will do something. I'm waiting God will do something. I'm waiting God will do something. Tell them boy. You have waited too long. God has come to pass. He passed five years ago because you are actually not waiting on anybody. You are just lazy. A real man is a good time manager. He knows what to do. If you meet a real man, he has he has priorities, serious priorities. First things first, second things second, third things third. When mommy met me, I had nothing, I had nothing, only one trousers. But I had plans, priorities. Everything I told her, I said, by this time we'll be here. By this time we'll be here. And by this time I'll be doing this. And by this time, when we came to Sprinters Road and we had some money, at that time the money could have bought us a land inside the Sprinters Road, far away inside. I called, I said to her, this place, the inside is not going to develop the next 20 years. But if we put the church by the roadside in five years, we'll be able to buy the land from the offerings that will come. She agreed with me. So we rented a place for five years. And those of you who met me in the wooden structure, you know. By now, we would have been in some in some unmotorable corner somewhere with 12 people where two or three are gathered I said give me five years we will buy a lamb to build a chapel and it happened a man a true man that will bring you happiness must show you his priorities how, how structured is his life what are his foundational ideas? 
where is he going what are the most important things to him in life how does a man who has no regular source of income and is patching with a friend promise you marriage in the next one year and has no plan his priorities are wrong because what it means is it's a regular source of income and a place to put his head before he starts planning about marrying for he has no right to walk into your life and make a proposal to you and ask you to hang in with him whilst he plans where to take you next he must know where he's going next before he comes into your life are you here don't let the man waiting for the next bus keep you waiting when you are ready in another bus on your way going if a man walks into your life he's walking into your life to increase your speed in life please i beg you ladies who are not yet married look for horses not tortoises God will do something. I know my God will do something. Me, I believe my God will do something. You tell us that thing. What is that something? Because God is very specific. Even what you want God to do for you, you don't know. All you say is that I know my God will do something. I'm asking you, what is that something? I know the Lord will make a way for me. If women sing this song, I understand. But I don't understand how a man, when Jesus has said to you, I am the way, you are still saying, I know the Lord will make a way for me. When I come talking about, I'll do a series next month called Knowledge is King in the Corridors of Power. And I'll start by talking about the knowledge of the Holy One. If you know Jesus, who says, I am the way, you will not be singing, I know the Lord will make a way for me. He made a way 2,000 years ago when he went on the cross for you. It is you who is so spiritually blind that you can't even see the way. If a man is going to marry you and you ask the man about his plans and he tells you he's waiting upon the Lord, I'm saying run away. He should have waited long ago before proposing to you. If a man's language is that I know God will make a way, run away from that man. That man does not understand what it means to relate with Jesus. Because he is the way out of every wilderness. He is the way out of every problem. He is the way out of every crisis. He is the way out of every corner you find yourself. If you are still believing God to make a way, I want you to understand that God will never make any other way apart from Jesus being the way. And if you cannot use your relationship with Jesus to transform your life. You can never marry a woman to transform that woman's life. What a man cannot get from God, he cannot give to you. 
A man can receive nothing unless it is given to him from above. All these carnal brothers going around sleeping with you, promising you heaven. His uncle is in America and you will come and take him and then when he goes, you will come and marry you. Sister, run away from that boy. He's not a man. Run away from him. Am I preaching? There are a lot of them in the charismatic churches. We have taught you wrongly. We have taught you faith without responsibility. We have taught you grace without works. Work out your own salvation. There is a work you must do. That's why I can't stand pastors who are lazy. I'm telling you, there are a lot of young boys and young girls who want to be pastors because they are lazy. They can't, because in most churches, who regulates a pastor's time? That's whatever he wants with his life. I said, if you meet any young man who has no priorities, run away from that young man. He will mess up your life. It is better to remain single than to marry a man who is going nowhere. The next thing true men manage is that they manage their purpose. They know why they exist. They know why they exist. I know why I exist. I was created to help solve the African leadership crisis. That's why I preach the way I preach and talk the way I talk. That's why I do the things I do. I know why I exist. Why do you exist? Why were you created? Why did God create you? Boys can do everything in general and achieve nothing in particular. But men are specific. They have focus. They concentrate. They are something they are doing and they are pursuing it. In fact, marriage itself is an assignment. Marriage is an assignment. God gave Adam an assignment and gave Adam a help meet. If a man does not com- com- discover his assignment on earth, he will marry a wrong woman who will be a good wife elsewhere but will be a bad wife to him. Because that woman does not fit into his rape, his purpose, his assignment. When I set out to marry, I knew I wanted a pastor's wife material. I knew what God had called me to do and therefore I was looking for a woman who can be a helpmate, not a bedmate. Are you here? Do you understand? And I found one. I know pastor friends who discovered God God had called them after they married. 
And the women they married are not pastors' wives. They are wives of pastors. They are giving them trouble. I'm telling you, your, your marriage and who you marry must be based on your purpose. It's not every woman who can marry a soldier. It's not every woman who can marry a police officer and live in police barracks. I'm telling you, it's not every woman who can marry a medical doctor, especially if your, gan, your, your husband is a gynecologist, who be opening women's um, body and be looking at it every day. You can be jealous how you will die. Because your husband will see different vaginas every day. I'm telling you. And you will die. Listen. God, un unless, unless you believe you are an accident. But if you believe that you were created for an assignment. You need someone. Who comes into your life. Listen. Listen. Boys follow attraction. Men follow assignment. Attraction is what you are copying to do. Assignment is what you were created to do. Nowadays, this is what all the men are doing. I'm going to do some. This is why, listen, I'm going to do some. This is what? I was created to do educational evangelism. So many people, the ease with which I do what I do. It's amazing. So many people have come to me with a number of proposals. Because I know what I can do and I know what I cannot do. And you can't copy what I do because I was created to do it. What I do was placed in me before I was created. Football was placed in Messi before he was created. He was placed in Ronaldo before he was created. When I was growing up, I wanted to play football. But look at me, where I am. I'm a head teacher and a preacher because football was not placed in me. But let me tell you something. You were created in the image of God. The more you know God, the more you know you. So a man of purpose is the man that pursues the knowledge of God. Is the man that knows God. I know me because I know God. Will you ever look at yourself in a mirror with lights off? What will you see? You need to put the light on to be able to see yourself in that mirror. God is light. The closer you get to him, the more you get to see yourself. Please. Ladies here who are not yet married, you, are, you must be grateful to God that you are hearing this. A man must show you at least the next five years of his life what he wants to do. Before you accept to marry him. 
if you show yourself to be so desperate that any man qualifies to marry you, you'll be desperate for the rest, for the rest of your life. The young girls here who are not looking for a job, who are not looking for, for education, who are looking for nothing except men, to marry them, your life will be messed up. It is not every man who can marry you. Find a man on assignment, listen, talk. I had a story. I had a story of two great lovers, a man and a woman. Two great lovers. They were caught in, ready to marry. Then the lady got an appointment. She has to move to a city. The two of them sat down and said, Listen, let's not deceive ourselves. This appointment you have gotten, if we marry, we will be in trouble. I am not here to stop you from pursuing your purpose. Go pursue your purpose. We don't have to get married. It's only in Africa that women will resign from their jobs to marry a man who has no job. But I'm telling you, they will resign from their well-paid job to marry men who have no jobs because they are growing old. Your purpose is bigger than marriage. When I see women resigning from good jobs, just to I see managers, women who are managers, managers, managers resigning to go and marry men who are doing cleaning, cleaning in Europe and America, even some Asia. Because they are in love. You are in madness. You are in madness. Your assignment is bigger than anything in your life. And never mortgage your assignment for marriage if you are not so sure that the two of us can gel and we can move on. Number eight, learn to manage. Real men know how to manage people. Please listen carefully to this point. There are two groups of people in anybody whose life you are getting into, especially to marry the person, get into a relationship with your in-laws and outlaws. In-laws are relatives. Relatives. Outlaws can be friends, um, acquaintances, associates. A real man, a real man, a real man knows how to manage the people in his wife's life. Any man who marries you and wants to cut you off from people you have known from your infancy and even cut you off from your relatives that man doesn't have enough confidence in himself 
Especially people that make you independent. There are some men, they will never let their wives come to this church. Because the things I preach and empower women, they can't stand it. They can't stand it. The women in this church are very empowered women. You cannot intimidate them. You cannot make them slaves. You cannot. Are, are you here? They are very confident women. Some men marry you and tell you not to work. Stay at home. And take care of their babies and become their sex toy. God didn't create any woman to become a full-time mother. I am telling you, unless, see, unless you are not discovered your assignment, there is no full-time mother anywhere. There may be an occasion in your life where you may have to sacrifice to raise your children. Beautiful, nice, but that is not a full-time job. Let me tell you, those who are, who, are, who are sitting down at home as housewives, it will not be long before you start putting on weight. It will not be long because you're not going anywhere. So even your hair, you don't fit. You don't fit, go and face your hair. You, it will not be long before you become an old lady and your husband will be chasing corporate women and you'll be telling you, the same man will turn around and tell you that you were betting on him. I told mommy several times, I do not want you to be in my shadows. I don't want people to refer to you as Bishop Titi or First Wife. I want people to refer to me as Lady Olivia's husband. Are you here? Any man who is afraid that if we build empowering relationships, there are some relationships that empower you. They empower you. I had one man told his wife not to come to women's fellowship again because mommy advised the women that listen, you need to save money. And it's not every money you save that your husband must even know. Because there will be a time where there is no money at home. That that money you have saved, you can bring it out. And give an example of how sometimes she saves money without me knowing. And then when I'm in crisis and I need money, mommy, last year, mommy gave me about $35,000. to support. I was buying a, a land and I needed that money. She brought that money to me. She said, I've been keeping this small, 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 small without your knowledge. Because if you knew it, you would have used it long ago. And the, and the, woman's, the woman went home and told her husband, this is a discussion. Say, you are not going to women's fellowship again. You know why? Some men are afraid that if their wives become financially empowered, they will not submit to them. It is my 1848 idea. You are an archaic man and very unchristian. of mindset is that you don't want your wife so every every empowering relationship you cut them off you can't walk into a woman's life and tell the woman don't talk to your mother your mother is a witch your 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 siblings are bad your destiny is that your destiny is that i 
all the time it's your in-law that is a witch not your mother both men and women i'm telling you both men and women if the woman is looking for a witch it's a mother-in-law if the man is looking for a, <laughs> a witch it's a mother-in-law but the father-in-law never become wizards you will be a stupid woman to sacrifice your mother for your husband I'm not saying carry your mother above your husband. I'm not saying take instructions from your mother and use it in your marriage. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that the relationship with your mother must be kept intact. My mother has access to my house 24-7. Mommy's mother has access to my house 24-7. It's not like like mommy's mother is an angel or my mother is an angel no but we understand the role this woman played in our lives before we met when i was a small boy suffering from all the cis killer disease polio dysentery oh it took me two years to walk tetanus everything every disease you can imagine i suffered from it where was mommy? She was not there. When mommy's mother single-handedly had to run choba single-handedly to raise all of them, where was I? For me to walk into her life and determine how she should relate with the mother after she has married me. Am I a madman? Am I a madman? She doesn't need my permission to do some things for the mother. I also don't need the permission to do some things for my mother. After all, she fell in love with me before telling the mother. She didn't go and ask permission. Mama, ma, can, I, can I fall in love? Can I fall in love? Respect and honor some people who have played roles in the life of the women you are married to. Respect them and value them. Mommy has a brother. When we were, we were married early, she used to tell me a lot of very fun stories. Fun stories. How the brother used to sing to her, him, her, read books to her, dust things for her, carry her around town, and all those things. I realized mommy really loved this brother of hers. Do you know that? Do you know that between mommy and that brother, of mommy between mommy and that brother of mommy i never interfere even if what mommy is doing for that brother i disagree i don't interfere because somebody and her brother who has history i'm not the one to come and rewrite the history you suddenly get into a family and you want to restructure the family you want to restructure the relationship within the family you want to restructure who can visit and who cannot visit When mommy met me there were three people i told her you can't touch these relationships my spiritual father he was the first person who gave me the opportunity to become a pastor without him i didn't know where i would have been number two pastor dr mills the man i lived with when i was going to bible school and third brother joe who we grew up together we grew up together i said these three people whether they are angels or devils, you can't touch them. 
You can't walk into my life and change my 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 social distance. You cannot. Mommy also had friends. Whilst we were courting, was telling me about from friends. There was one lady they used to live together when they were going to school. They had some apartment. They were living together when they were going to school. When we married, the lady came to visit us. We had only one room. We just put a partition, a partition between our bed and a small floor there. And the lady was lying there. We were lying on our bed. It's not for me to tell her, hey, now that you are married, this lady cannot come here. She cannot come here. Hey, I'm not going to allow that. Especially you, the women, who assume authority over your husband's house. And say, this is my husband's house. This is my husband's house. That house is not your husband's house. So. This is a family house. <laughs> I am telling you. I'm, listen, I can assure you. Between me and mommy, eh? I can assure you, between me and mommy, if I should die first, mommy will never stop my family from coming to the house or for owning some properties of mine. If mommy should die first, I will never change my relationship with mommy's people. Even if I had to remarry. In her old age, she would die like 90-something. I would still be a young man. <laughs> Are you here with me? Be very careful when you are dealing with people that have made major contributions. Listen, listen. There are some families, eh? There are some families. The arrangement in the family is that somebody must stop school. Somebody must stop school to work for another person to go to school. Do you know that? Do you know that some schools, eh? I, I know a family where the senior brother told the junior brother, you know me, my head didn't help me. So I am going to do learn mechanic. Learn how to repair cars. So I can earn money and take you to school. Because you can help the family. And the senior brother stopped school, did mechanics, raised, worked, worked, and delayed his marriage. He delayed his marriage. I'm not going to marry now until you go to school until you finish university. I'm not going to marry now because the family needs somebody who will take us out of poverty. Took care of that brother and went to university. The guy finished university, made money, got a good job, made money, got married. And now he has to now start taking care of the people of his brother's children till they also finish university. The brother took care of him alone, but he must take care of all of them because when you sow a seed, your seed must multiply. Then this new woman is there. I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow this. I'm not going to allow that. You are a very stupid woman to think along the lines. I said you cannot go into a family and restructure the culture of the family. The same when this thing. You, you think that, you, you in your mind, you think that, you, you see, we all perceive things differently. You may not like the way my, my siblings behave, but that's how we have been behaving all this while. Before you came, you are not the one to come and change. You are not God to come and change the way we, we behave. You, you, are not, you, are not, you are not coming. Do I, 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 you understand? Marry me. You marry me. Marry me. And do whatever you can do for my siblings and let's marry. I'm not saying that tolerate stupid brother-in-laws and stupid sister-in-laws. I'm not saying that. 
But I'm also saying that don't try to change their stupidity. It is not your work. You must work with them circumspectly and with wisdom. Your parents did not raise you well. Your mother did not raise you well. Everybody believes that their mother raised them well. Everybody believes it. Because what is acceptable to you is what you were trained to accept. That is why some people will see you eating snails and they'll go, ew! But look at the way you enjoy snail. The difference between you and that person is your upbringing. You go to white people's restaurant and they serve you. What do you say? These people, they don't know how to cook. They don't know how to cook because it's not eburebunu. They also eat eburebunu and tell you you don't know how to cook. If a Nigerian man, you marry a Ghanaian woman and she cooks Ghana food for you, say she doesn't know how to cook. You're a madman. Because what you taste over a period of time becomes your norm. You cannot force your wife to cook like your mother. You must take your time to readjust your, your taste to your wife's meal. <laughs> now you are realizing that your husband is a crazy man for trying to force you to cook like your mother. Your mother's food sweets you, but doesn't sweet many people. Can't you see when your friends come to your house and your mother cooks? They eat small, they say they are full. The one you eat, and you do your hand like this, and you eat, and you do your hand like this, and you eat. When I was growing up, my mother was the best cook. Having stayed with mommy 28 years, and I've eaten mommy's food, now mommy is my best cook. When mommy doesn't cook for me to eat, nobody's, no woman's food sweets me like mommy's food. You know why? It's not because the other women don't know how to cook. But if you put your dog on chicken over a long period of time, you don't expect your dog to change his appetite over 24 hours to eat Gary. These children, they raise abroad. They are all spoiled. When they come to Ghana, they don't want to eat Ghanaian food. They are, you are Ghanaian. Eat Ghanaian food. You are Ghanaian. Eat Ghanaian. You will eat fufu today. You will eat fufu today. This child is 10 years. Has been living on McDonald's for 10 years. And you think that just because he flew over across the Atlantic and came here, his taste will just change and eat fufu. So be very careful not to get into a family and to get into somebody's life and try to... Mommy has some friends. She told her they used to pray together, how they used to go, go into evangelism together. I'm not going to marry her and cut those friends off her life. I am not. Of course, if I see a certain behavior I don't want, mommy is not my daughter. She's my wife. I can tell my Mr. Wa, I don't want this friend. I don't want this friend. But I cannot say that to mommy. And I must negotiate with respect. And give her a reason why I believe that this woman is a danger to the two of us. 
if I finish preaching and you won't come to church again, it's your own palaver. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> oh. Listen, you see, we are doing repairs and maintenance. Don't go back home and say, those things that he said, don't come and try it here. <laughs> don't come and try it here. <laughs> you were mad before you came, now you are madder. <laughs> By next Sunday, you will be maddest. Can you give me some few minutes to conclude this message? Eh? There we go. The tenth thing every man knows how to manage is that they know how to manage their pains. They know how to manage their pains. If you offend a man and he cannot let it go and will hold on, a man who does not talk to his wife for one week, one month, because the wife says something he didn't like, that man is a boy. A man who cannot admit his mistake and apologize. That man is a boy. Your, your husband fights you like a woman. Hey! 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 5. I, I, have, I have taken some parts of, of it uh, so you can see that I've indicated it there just to make sure I can just give you the message. So love is patient. Love is kind. It is not easily angered. It keeps re- no record of wrongs. It keeps no record of wrongs. Real love does not keep records of wrongs. Does not keep records of wrongs. Eh, five years ago, 25 years ago, the last time, in the last your husband is always angry. An angry man. You have always offended the man. You are always apologizing. You are always lying down. That is a boy, not a man. A man who cannot overlook an insult. It's a stupid man. It's in the Bible. What the Bible says, a wise man overlooks an insult. When your brother came, I saw the fool you served him. And how you served me. But her brother is a guest. Guests are treated differently. It's only me that mommy, no matter who you are, she will show you that this is my husband. If mommy is serving my food and you are a guest and you look at my food, you'll be jealous. But, but in most homes, guests are served specially, they are treated specially, their food are brought to them specially, and early, then you are fooling. You love that, my friend. Eh? You love that, my friend. Eh? Well, when he comes here, I see the way you serve him. I see the way you serve him. Mumu. <laughs> hey, what kind of man is this?
your sister has done this, your, your brother has done this, and your distant has done this. You are always, anytime your people come around your husband, your heart is pumping excess blood into your brain because you know that by the time they leave, you will find fault. Man, if your husband, your if you're a man and your wife offends you, you do not go, you do not allow the sun to go down on your anger. You settle the matter. You call, you sit down, you settle the matter like a man, not like a woman. She might not understand, make your point. And then you are finished. Make your point. Mommy and I, we settle matters every, almost every day, every other day. We settle matters. It's not all the time that the matter gets settled on the same day. We leave it a while and we take some time. Then after a while, I call, I, I'll call her. There's a movie, there's a very nice movie on Netflix. Would you like to watch? She says, I'm coming. I know that. That thing is working. If she says, no, then I know that the talk didn't go well. I, I, I will know what to do. And I'll take my time. And then, then I'll go to her room. I said, um, have you taken your drugs today? And I begin to be like uh, uh, some good man, you know. Have, have you? Sometimes I even feel I'm right. I even feel I'm right. But she's the weaker vessel. She's the weaker vessel. She is. So that's what I was saying. Live with your wife according to understanding. If you don't understand women, they will make you women. I'm telling you. You know, mommy understands things in pictures. I can imagine things. She does not. She understands things in pictures. Recently, we argued over a new science lab I wanted to build at TCIS because I want the school to become a STEM school. And the room I'm going to use to do, even me, myself, I'm feeling the pinch that this nice place, I'm going to divide them into science labs. I was feeling the pinch. I went to her and said, honey, I want to use this thing for a science lab. Oh, no, honey. No, 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 no. We already have science lab. No, 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 no. When I had, the way I saw the no, 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 I knew if I put further, we'll argue. So I left. I called someone to the person there. Can you design here into a science lab for me? Divide it into three and design it. Person designed it nicely. Then called her. Come and look at something. Come and look at something. And I showed it to her. See, honey, this is nice. We should do some at TCIS. Hey, so we school science lab is this. We school. I said the place I said I'm going to divide. <laughs> he said, uh, but you didn't explain it this way. Live with them according to knowledge, not according to by heart. Never ever engage your wife in petty squabbles and petty quarrelings and petty I greet you, I don't mind you. You greet me, I will respond. I'm going out, I won't tell you because I am angry. Go out, don't tell her. By the time you come back, another man has come to take her out. 
Okay, number three, they manage their pastors well. Any man who doesn't know how to honor his or her past, his pastor, who doesn't know how to man his pastor, is a boy. It's a boy, and I'll tell you what, what. I'll tell you. Now, first Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. You see, my work is preaching and teaching. I am worthy of double honor. I am worthy of double honor. If you allow your wife to pass through you to dishonor me, you are not a man, you are a boy. I am worthy of double honor. Look at what I'm teaching you. Look at what I'm teaching you. Look at what I'm sharing with you. In most churches this Sunday morning, it's shouting and screaming and prayer and people falling down. And they wake up into their own state again. Back into their own state again. How many times have people not fallen down and vomited? And the next service, they still fall down and vomit. Another service, they will still fall down and vomit. Ten years, they are still falling down and vomiting. What are they vomiting that is not getting finished? Listen. There are up to now, there are people in this church whom I've known for so many years. When they come to my office, they can't even sit down till I tell them to sit down. Yeah, there are some people who can sit anywhere, say anything about me, anyhow, anywhere, anyways. You know how sometimes I feel? Sometimes I feel that these people, they owe me gratitude. And they know, they feel so guilty that they have not been able to show me enough gratitude for my impact on their life. And whatever made them feel guilty, they hate it. Listen. A man God places over your soul must be honored. You must honor that man. Not only in his presence, but even in his absence. I'll tell you the first service, the, the men's service this morning. That an association was formed. And I believe it was formed because of me. Because by the grace of God, I have so much positively influenced a certain group of men in this church. Who were thinking like Christians, behaving like Christians. And somebody was losing control over them. The person formed an association immediately. And they went to belong, join it because they were not spiritually sensitive. And in most of the association meetings, I was on the table for discussion. How I have used people to make money. <laughs> from where? From, from where? Let me even ask well, from where? From where? Me. And the people who are saying, I have used them to make money. They themselves, they don't have money. So when did they get money that I used? I thank God that this big mouth, I don't keep secrets. I share. People knew how I borrowed money, where I got money from, how I started this training. All the men who joined that group stopped paying tight. Because they were convinced that 
they should rather use the money to go and build some school somewhere. And then you see them making donations to some prison, making some, building something somewhere in some quarters. You were such a stupid man and a little boy for someone to come and describe your pastor to you. It's an insult to your intelligence. For someone who does not belong to your church to tell you who your pastor is. A man you have sat under for a very long period of time. When you had nothing. Prayed for you. Fasted for you. Laid hands on you. Fought your battles with you. For another man now to tell you who that person is. I was telling this man in the morning. Most of the, my sons who are no longer worshipping with us. I have very good relationship with them. They still come to me. They still talk. On my birthday, they call me daddy. Some even come here and still bring me tight. Daddy, pray for me. I never forget you. I am not in church, not because of you, but because this and this happened. And I feel I can't be there. I can't be a hypocrite. I say, I understand, son. I understand, son. But all the men who left this church belonging to that association have become my enemies now. Or I have become their enemies now. Listen. The worst thing that can ever happen to you is to allow anybody to cause you to dishonor your pastor. Women, put your feet down. Tell your husband, if you dishonor men of God, you are a boy, not a man. Tell them, tell them, the man you are criticizing, do 1% of what he's doing. Do one percent of what he's doing. Sometimes you know what happens? Your husbands become jealous of their pastors. Especially, especially, eh? Especially when 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 your pastor becomes your hero. And you're talking about your pastors, and you're talking about pastors, they feel that they are losing their authority over you. In fact, some of them can even accuse you of loving your pastor. You, I can see that you love, you love daddy. You, you, I can see. God punish your mouth. Are you honor the man God has placed over your life. Whose messages, whose prayers, who have supported you, who have been there for you, who have taught you how to pray. There's a second preacher up there. Can you control that preacher for me? Who have taught you how to pray, how to pray, how to know the Lord. Who have laid the foundation of your Christian life for you. Now, some of you, one of the things you must understand is that if you see some of your friends who have become pastors, then you must conclude that this man, God has called him. <laughs> oh my god okay so final one final one then we close thank you for your patience thank you for spending this after sunday afternoon with me great one final one providence how to manage your providence providence god colossians 3 2 and 3 set your minds set your minds on things above not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Let me tell you this. 
A carnal man will mess up your life for you. Go for a spiritual man. They have told me not to get down, but guys, let me get down small. Go for a man who can provide spiritual leadership for you. Who can wake you up for prayer. And it's on both sides. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? If you are going out with somebody who doesn't love church, get out of that relationship. One time, I'm telling you, get out. Who doesn't love God and the expression of that deep love is coming to church. Now, men who don't love their wives don't love going home. I'm telling you. Until I be remember when we, your, your late husband were, when he died and we're planning what to do, I was saying, let's bring him to church. And you were telling me that. You were telling me the reason why you want him to be laid in the house is because he used to tell you that his happiest moment is when he closes from work and he's coming home. Then he's happy. He's coming home. You know why? Because he was so much in love with you. He was coming to meet you. Ah! If you are in love with Christ, coming to church. <laughs> I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You are so happy when you are coming to church. You are running to church. Sunday morning, waking your husband, honey, we have to go to church. He has watched movies start till midnight Saturday. Sunday morning, he's not sleeping. Oh, okay, okay, you, 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 you go out, come, on. you wait, I'll come, you wait, I'll come. From today, I want to tell all of you, if we're lover of Christ, this chapel, when we say service is nine, you report at eight forty-five. Ahead. There was never a time I had when I was courting mommy, I had an appointment with her to meet her that I went late. Sometimes one hour ahead. She hasn't even woken up. I was there. One hour ahead. I'll be waiting. All of you who are falling in love before, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oga, okay, you know now. <laughs> when you were chasing joy. <laughs> you know. Love is expressed with joy and happiness. If you cannot find happiness in the house of God, it's not because of anybody. It's because you don't love the man who owns the house. Yes. Can mommy say to me that she's not happy in my house? She's not happy in my house because of my sisters. What determines her joy is me, not any other person. One time I put on Facebook, I said, don't ask me, why am I always in church? It's like asking me, why am I always at home? Why won't I be at home? Today I believe that I have given you bitter pills for a healthy life. Take it in good faith and change the word of God whether it costs you to rebel or repent.
I want to thank all of you for making time to come to church. Time to come to church. Time to come to church. Time to come to church.